plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, and we are on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, where we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive meaningful conversations we want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already transpired talking as if you are living your dreams and of course acting as you are the writer producer director and star of your own life the miracle moment for today is brought to you by be the star you are charity you can visit it at be the star you are.org Stephen Wright wrote this I intend to live forever So far, so good. I like that a lot. Well, if you have dreamed of being a writer who earns a living, our guest today will become your guide and your guru. Muridu Kular-Ralph is an award-winning journalist, an author, and an entrepreneur. She runs the website, theinternationalfreelancer.com, and a membership community for writers called The Finishers. In a 15-year career, Muridu has written for The New York Times, Time, CNN, ABC News, Global Post, Christian Science Monitor, Parade, Ms. and many, many others. She was a contributing editor at Elle India. She's been published in Marie Claire, Vogue, Glamour, Cosmo, Psychology. Today, I don't know what else she hasn't done. She originates from India, but is currently living in London. Welcome, Redo, to Star Style. Be the star you are. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you. I've been following your career for a long time now, and you took a break for a bit. Then you moved to London. And one of the things I noticed is that you were a visiting scholar at the University of California, Berkeley, which is my alma mater. So before we get into your books and and what you're doing with your writing, tell us about that experience. Oh, it was wonderful. So that was about 10 years ago now. And um, so I applied to be a visiting scholar at UC Berkeley's journalism school. And it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life because until then I had seen myself as an Indian writer, an Indian journalist. And then I went to UC Berkeley and there I was surrounded by dozens of other writers who were from different countries. So the Visiting Scholar Program just brought together people from different countries who were accomplished in their fields. And I got to see news from the the perspectives of people from a dozen different countries. Every day we would come together and we would look at the news and we would talk about the news from different perspectives. And that changed um, how I saw the world and how I saw journalism completely. Because until then, I had had such an Indian perspective of the news, as we all do. You know, if if you're in the US, you'll have a very American perspective. If you're in the UK, you'll have a very British perspective. And so... 
sitting in the room and sitting there with Chinese visiting scholars, with Scandinavian visiting scholars, and just sitting there and talking about one piece of news from so many different perspectives, it just showed me that there is no one story. There's no one side to the story. There's always a different side to the story. And that informed my journalism. And also when I came back, I was so much more confident when I returned to India I didn't see myself as an Indian writer anymore. I saw myself as an international journalist and therefore I acted like one. I pitched like one and um, I expanded my world and I started writing for a lot more foreign publications. You know, isn't it fascinating how diversity is the key to really success is if that we yep. stay in our own little bubble all the time that we really don't get anywhere because we don't learn anything. And I love that you say that you saw yourself, you know, in this box as an Indian writer when in reality you are a, you're a writer. You're just a writer, which means and I don't mean just I mean a writer to, who can write anything, anywhere, anytime. So you're part of that whole experience. Experience. That's very exciting. Well, you speaking of writing, you began your professional writing career at a very young age and you've won many international awards. Share that journey with us a bit. So I was uh, 19 years old and I had I was in college studying information technology and it was absolutely the wrong path for me, but I was young and I wanted to uh, so so to back up, I have always wanted to be a traveler. I've always wanted to see the world. I've always wanted to uh, live in different countries. And I saw IT as the way of doing that. I thought, you know, if I can get a good job in IT, I can move to the US. I can, you know, there'll be more opportunities. I never really thought of writing as the um, the gateway to the world. And But I always loved writing and I'd always been told that I could write by my teachers. And so when I was doing my college degree, I was not doing very well at it. In fact, I failed my first year. And that was a, a moment of reckoning for me of, is this what I want to do? And I realized that I didn't. So I started looking online for freelance writing opportunities and what I could do just to pass the time, really. I wasn't really trying to make a career of it at that point. But then I got online and I realized that I could have a career from home if I wanted or traveling the world doing what I loved, which was writing. And so I started pitching stories to um, American publications. And I was in India. I was a college student. So $100, $200 was a big deal for me at the time. And I pitched my first story. Well, I pitched quite a few stories, but my first published story was with College Bound magazine in the US about how to survive failure in college. And I got paid $100 and it was my first paycheck. And I was absolutely thrilled. I mean, mean, that's huge for your first paycheck as a writer and you're in college. Wow. Yep. And and you're writing about how to survive college. I think that was, you exactly. know, that was brilliant. Go back on your personal experience. That's where we all start. And so I so I sold that and I thought, well, that was easy. And so I just kept going. And of course, it was I think that was a little bit of beginner's luck. And then I pitched and I learned the process and I really got into it and I really started enjoying it. And that's that was basically the foundation of my career. And I decided that's what I wanted to do. And then because I also wanted to travel, I started using writing and journalism as a way to get out of the country and to explore new places, even within the country. I traveled within India for quite a long time so yeah so I kind of brought all my loves and passions together and the way that I did that was through writing and you know this is the key to life is to be able to love what you do then you know it's the old saying you never work a day in your life and that's one of the beautiful things of being a writer is if you write every day and you really enjoy it you experience life in a completely different way and 
based on your experiences too, there's always something to say. Now, I want to get to uh, your book. First of all, I know that you're working on your novel, but you have written a really terrific, uh, I call it just a writer's helpful guide that is called Shut Up and Write. (laughs) And it's a great title, you know, it really is a great title because all of us, we always have excuses for everything. So Shut Up and Write is the no-nonsense, no-BS guide to getting words on the page. Why was this an important book for you to write? I think because of what you just said, we all have excuses and we all say we want to write. And I work with a lot of writers um, and one of the biggest things that they say to me is that I want to write, but I can't write, or I want to write and I have nothing to say, or I want to write, but I don't have the time. And, and I think if you are a writer, you write, and that doesn't mean you have to write every day. That doesn't mean you have to write to a clock. That doesn't mean you have to write a thousand words a day. It just means that you do actually commit to the act of writing. And a lot of us, because we are scared, maybe we're in fear, maybe we're in blocked about something, we resist the act of writing so much. It's like if a pilot came to you and said, I, I can't fly. Um, But that is what you do if you're a pilot, you get in the plane and you fly. And that is what you do if you're a writer, you get you sit down and you write, or at least you attempt to write not every day will be a day that's successful, but you attempt to write. And a lot of people are so much in fear, a lot of writers are so much in fear that they allow their excuses to become bigger than their dreams. And what that does is creates excuses like I don't have time, or I don't have, um, I don't know if I'll ever be published. I mean, I have people who have not even written anything saying to me, well, I don't want to do marketing. But that is not a reason to not write, right? If you like writing, do the writing. And so for me, Shut Up and Write was basically a way of just sort of, you know, giving a bit of a talking to to myself and to others and saying, if you are a writer, if you want to write, then there is nothing stopping you from writing. And look, here are all the ways I can break down your excuses and tell you and show you that this these are the ways in which you can actually get rid of all those excuses and start writing. And and also the title comes from the fact that, you know, so my, my husband is also a journalist and he's also a writer. And so, you know, when we talk to each other, sometimes we'll talk to each other about our blogs and I used to go to him and I was writing my first novel so many times and I'd be like oh I've got this problem and that problem and the thing he would just say to me was just shut up and write and that's (laughs) That's where the title comes from and the book is dedicated to him for that reason as well right right but see that was that is really great I mean the bottom line of shut up and write is there's only one way to increase your writing output and that is to spend more time doing it show up face the fear keep writing I mean, yep. this is what you you really teach. Well, let's. What I want to get to from your book. What I really enjoyed is you give uh, your each chapter is has a story. It has a personal story in it that really showcases your either your writer's block or a stumbling block or how you know you went for a run and then decided you were going to be a runner. You know, because and then as a kid you couldn't run because in India girls couldn't show their knees and you know it was very fascinating to read all of this stuff but now you have taken another turn too because you're actually coaching and mentoring writers and tell us about that journey so um I like to say that you know I when I talk to writers I don't talk from a place of 
let me show you how to do this because I know better. I coach and teach writers and talk to them from a place of any mistake you can think of. I've made I've it. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> and let me share all the stories with you because, you know, honestly, I have had... Um, Every single excuse, I have made every single mistake and I've done it. I've been where you are. I've been in fear. I feared success. I feared failure. I feared myself. I feared my words. I feared relationship problems because of what I was going to write. I've, I've done it all. And the thing is, despite having done all of that, having made all those mistakes and had had all of those fears, I still have what I would consider a successful career. So it doesn't have to stop you. It doesn't have to be the thing that holds you back, even if you do have fear, even if you do have resistance, even if you do make all the mistakes in the world, you can still have a career, you can still have a great career, you can still have an income from your writing. All of those things happen to all of us, no matter where we are in the journey, we still have blocks to work to work through, we still have problems to work through, we still have goals that we haven't yet achieved. And so therefore, when I talk to writers, and when I coach writers, I'm not talking to them from a place of being up there I'm talking to them peer to peer friend to friend because you know what I know what you're going through it's like girlfriend I've been there Um, and that's why I can tell you that this is what you need to do to get through it because I have not only understood what you're feeling right now but I have taken the steps to get through it just as you are right now and so I feel like I can guide you through that for that reason. Well, one of the things in achieving success in anything in life, and especially in the arts or writing, is that you got to dream big. You have to dream the dream, and you have to write the plan, and you have to get the skills you need, and go into action, and believe in yourself, and at least have one cheerleader, one support person, somebody who's going to say, you know, tell you the truth and get you back on track when you fall off, and then have to just believe in the possibilities because the world really is our oyster. And when we put our hearts and minds to something, we can do something. But having a guide on the side, a coach to help you can definitely be uh, be a very empowering way to operate. And for people who are just joining us right now, we are talking to Marie Du Kular Ralph, and she is an award-winning journalist, an author, an entrepreneur, as well as a writer's coach. She runs the website, theinternationalfreelancer.com, which I really uh, hope that you will check out. You can also find lots of free things that you can sign up for there that are really, really helpful. So, one thing um, that really hit me was people so often when they're giving the stops to why they write, it's because, you know, what you already said, it's the fear of so many things, whether it be success or fear of failure or the fear that they won't be good enough or they won't be published. But writers write. And so we just have to keep doing it no matter what. How did How do you feel that... Just the everyday person, when they feel like they're missing out on things, that they can just, you know, decide, okay, listen, I'd rather be writing. I don't have to say yes. Because you talk about this in your book, Shut Up and Write, how to learn to say no when you mean no and learn to say yes when you mean yes. So, um, first of all, I want to just go back quickly to what you said about not being good enough. And I feel like um, one of the things we forget as writers um, is that you don't show up to the page 
and and the first time you start writing you've got brilliant words coming out of your fingertips it doesn't work that way you become good enough by practice you get good enough by actually just writing more and the more you write the better you become um so it's like that whole 10,000 hours Malcolm Gladwell thing of the more time you put in the better you get and so why not put that time in now rather than 10 years from now so I feel like if you want to get those 10,000 hours in get them in early rather than waiting 10 years to get them in over time so that's one thing the other thing really important yeah absolutely because if you are going to spend 10,000 hours perfecting um, your craft why not do that in a year rather than 10 years why not do that in five years rather than 20 years so just in terms of how fast you want to get there the more practice you put in the faster you'll get there um in terms of protecting your writing time i think it's really really important because because we're in fear and sometimes because we're procrastinating we have all this we have the shiny object syndrome you know somebody's asked you out for a coffee yep sure because i don't want to face my novel so i'm i'm going to go out for coffee or because i don't want to face my novel i'll just go sit and watch netflix for three hours and we all do that and i think the way to not do that is just by creating routines and disciplines in your life or there are a number of ways to do this you could have um you could have a set period of time where you say okay every day from 4 to 5 p.m i'm gonna write and that's my writing time and that's sacred and if i don't write i still have to sit there just you know dreaming figuring things out something i have to do something related to my work the other way to think about it is that you set yourself a word count limit, which is, which is what a lot of writers do. I'm not particularly a fan of that because sometimes a thousand words takes 10 minutes and sometimes a thousand words can take three hours. But if that helps you, if that mental construct helps you, then then you should do that. So just set yourself a few little targets that you have to do every day. And um, every day for you could mean five days a week. It doesn't have to be rigid every day, but create a schedule for yourself that you um, can stick to and that you actually like and enjoy so that this is your sacred time and then show up to that time and respect it by if not writing if you're struggling with writing I I, I sometimes if I've got a writing time set aside and I'm really not in the mood for writing I'll go learn about writing or I'll practice writing I'll do a 10 minute practice session I'll just write a journal you know I'll write something so that your fingers are moving and you're creating something I might sit down and describe the room because that's practice as well it's all practice so writing doesn't always have to be words on the page that will be published writing can be you just sitting down and practicing and saying you know what today I'm going to go sit in a coffee shop and I'm going to look at find one person whose features I can describe And that's my practice, because when I go back to my novel and I want to describe my character, I might be able to borrow some of that or I might be able to use that skill there. Well, you give in Shut Up and Write some really practical tips is, first of all, don't be a a first drafter that you want to turn that in, you know, and keep rewriting and editing. Just do some free writing, Mm -hmm. let go of judgment, build your confidence, Attempt not to reread while you're writing. Keep writing. Write as much as possible. Don't leave deadlines to the last minute. And read other people. I've always been a big believer the more we read, the more we succeed. Because as you were saying, when you are uh, practicing your writing or reading something or learning something uh, else, that you're bringing that into your own writing. And then by setting your targets and planning your projects and brainstorming, you end up finding success. My motto has always been there is no failure because failure is fertilizer, right? I put it on the compost pile and I grow a new (laughs) garden, right? 
because it's interesting. I mean, not everything is going to work. And most writers have tons of manuscripts somewhere in their drawer that are started. I was looking on my computer, and I think I have like 15 things that I've started. And, you know, then I gave up at some point because it wasn't the right timing. But I do have eight books published. So, you know, it's like you you don't maybe you do it you do it when it's right but just keep writing well before we end our segment i would just like you to tell us how you work with clients because you can work with clients on an international basis you have um, you you have started this whole new thing that you talk about and you've raised your rates and you really believe in helping other writers so give us a kind of a a glimpse of the way you like to to work with people. I mean, I know you said about the stories, but are you doing it Skype, phone? You tell tell us how it works. Right. So we have a number of ways and uh, in which we help writers. And my husband is now a part of the business as well. And he's a, is a journalist and a writer as well. And what we do is so we have um, courses that we offer, um, which is one off courses that you can take about freelancing and journalism and writing, finishing books and, and all sorts of things. Uh, we have the Finishers Community, which is a membership, monthly membership community where um, like-minded, ambitious writers, we, we are very ambitious and therefore we speak to very ambitious writers who really are not wary of saying, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I want to win the Booker Prize. Those are the kind of dreams, like you were saying, if you're going to dream, dream big. And we really encourage people to dream big and we ourselves dream big. So the Finishers is a membership community of people who finish and dream big dreams. And then we do one-on-one coaching with people, which is over the phone or over Skype. Um, We have several different packages. We can do um, one-on-one on on an hourly basis. We like to do long-term so that we can actually take people from where they are to the result that they want. So for instance, um, when I do six-week coaching, I've had clients who started with me and then by the end of six weeks, they wanted to quit their jobs and did. And so we try to create um, a, a pathway for them to follow based on their personality, based on where they are, based on how much uh, they have done before and and try to figure out first of all what their goals are and then show them the way to get to those goals whether that's finishing a book whether that's getting you know a national magazine assignment whether that's quitting their job to go full-time freelance and of course it all depends on what the the goals are and how long it's going to take to get there but we also believe in moving fast moving strong and actually reaching it like I said reaching for big goals and I don't want to sit around for 30 years waiting um to to make an income as a writer I want to find out the ways to do it now which is why I really do believe in coaching and learning from other people who have done it and that is why I personally invest in coaching I have three writing mentors at this point who who each help me somebody with mindset somebody with the business side of things uh, I have an agent who's constantly you know helping me figure out which books I want to write and where I want to go with my career so you need that input and it doesn't have to be um, you know it, it doesn't have to be a specific kind of person you have many different needs as a writer and there are many different types of people who can help with that but you do need to reach out and I think if you want to cut the learning curve it's really essential that you find the people that speak to you whose journeys speak to you I really believe that you should should coach with people who um, are like you, who reflect where you want to be in your life and career. And so for people who identify with us in that way, uh, we try to show them how we've gone through the journey and then show them how they can get through their journey that way as well. 
And you can tell everyone just how enthusiastic and passionate <laughs> and lively she is. I mean, you have just a, such a great personality and you speak fast just like Thank I you. do. So I'm sure that uh, there are so many ideas uh, going through your head. And before we leave, and again, her website, the internationalfreelancer.com, is that where you want people to look, internationalfreelancer.com? Yes, definitely. We've got loads of resources there and we send out a weekly newsletter. So once you're on the list, you'll get loads of free things from us. And um, yeah, feel free to check out the website list and I get her things and I really (laughs) enjoy it. It's it is really terrific. And my last question to you today is since you got married to a journalist and now you're working together on this new project, The Finishers, has it been more enjoyable? Have there been more challenges? Is it easier or is it better as a team? I really enjoy it. We have very different um, personalities. So even though we're both journalists and even though we're both, uh, you know, doing the same thing, we have very different styles and we're very different. I I kind of obsess about everything and I get freaked out very quickly. And he's just like calm and zen about things. So we kind of really, you know, um, I think... I sort of push him a little bit harder than he wants to be pushed and he he helps me calm down more than I want to calm down. So I think we kind of balance each other out and I think that really works um, in because of our personalities. So we're well, really enjoying what, it. Oh, that is wonderful. It sounds <laughs> like it's a wonderful thing. You need the yin and yang. You know, you yes, always absolutely. need yin and yang. Otherwise, life yeah. would be boring. I mean, if there's two of us in the same thing and we both do the same thing, I mean, you know, we're not bringing anything to the table. So, Mirdu, it was fabulous finally getting to talk to you and bring you on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Again, her website, theinternationalfreelancer.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Consider becoming part of the finishers if you would like to be part of a membership community for writers and you are looking for a writing guide. So she has it all there for you. I wish you such success and please continue to be in touch. And I'm just thrilled for your success and where you've come, you know, as because you're doing it all. You're being a mom and a wife and a successful writer. And you are now an international person, not just Indian. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, Thank you so much for being on Star Style, be the star you are. When we come back, oh, it was a pleasure. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about some ways to live longer. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, be the star you are. You're on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. 
Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, welcome back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I think it was fabulous. If you want to be a writer, the idea is just to write. Well, I wanted to give you some ways to live longer because we I like to do some shows that are going to be about health and healthiness, really be the stars that we are. So what are some ways for us to look, uh, you know, look ahead at our life and you will find that there is a lot of health advice out there, but what are the golden threads that can bind it all together, that threads that are backed by scientific and government studies that reveal, you know, new insights into what helps or hinders us as living longer and having happier lives. So one of the things is vitamin D. It's a, uh, a byproduct of sunlight. And you know what's so weird is I am a sun baby. I'm always out in the garden. But yet when I had my checkup, I was told that I needed more vitamin D. It was so interesting. Now, too much vitamin D increases your risk of dying just as much as too little. But you want to get the right amount. And what I was told is you can't just rely on outdoor time to get that vitamin D because the rate of skin cancer rises as we age. So we have to actually limit our exposure as we get older. So the smart plan is ask your doctor if you might benefit from vitamin D in pill form. And I'm not a big promoter of pills, but it turns out that vitamin D is one of those that really can help you. Second one, talking about pain pills or talking about pain or pills, you need to cut back on any regular use of painkillers, just like ibuprofen or naproxen or even just over-the-counter brands because those can actually risk your rate of heart attack and stroke by 10%. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration Advisory Panel, they had said that so Reserve those drugs for severe pain and use the lowest possible dose for the shortest amount of time. Sleeping. We've done many shows about sleep, but consistently losing sleep is a nightmare. I mean, literally for your health. You need to have at least six hours. That's minimum, but the better is seven to nine hours because studies have found that consistent sleep deprivation which happens in a very large amount of people, that what will happen is you will 
actually increase your rate of illnesses. So some things you have to do is make the room pitch black dark, set the thermostat between 60 and 67 degrees. If you can, have a window open. Then exercise every day. It doesn't matter what time of day you work out, just so it doesn't interfere with your rest. Stick to a regular sleep schedule. You should go to bed and get up at the same time every day. And shut down your electronics. Leave them outside the room because the light from the devices stimulates the brain. And if your mattress is more than 10 years old, you need to replace it. And with those things done, you should be able to get a really good night's sleep. And if you have a partner or a spouse that snores, you may need earplugs. Now, um, another thing is being together. Marriage truly is good for your health and your longevity. This is according to a study showing that married men had a 46% lower risk of death than never married men. And it's partly due probably to the well-known impact on on heart health. And for women, they had a 5% lower risk of cardiovascular disease. And it might be that you just have somebody to talk to, somebody to eat with, you know, a partner to have some fun with. So those are all really good. Now, coffee. It's turning out that the Java does more to help you than just waking up in the morning. It actually reduces your risk of stroke, diabetes, and some cancers. There was a study published in the past year in circulation where Harvard researchers discovered people who drank three to five cups of coffee had 15% lower risk of premature mortality rate than those who didn't drink any cup of coffee. Now, just keep in mind, every study that I've ever read, there's always something that can counteract it. But, you know, so use moderation no matter what. Go green. If coffee isn't your thing, green tea is really great. It has had proven longevity, and it contains powerful antioxidants that will help combat diabetes and heart disease. There, were a, there was a study of over 40,000 Japanese men and women, and they drank four or more cups of green tea a day, and it was associated with a 12% decrease in mortality uh, for, among the men and 23 among women. So that 23%, that's really, really great. Don't sweeten with sugar. A high sugar diet boosts blood sugar, which in turn plays havoc with your heart by increasing the LDL cholesterol, and it lowers your heart-friendly HDL cholesterol, and it can triple, triple, listen to that, your risk for fatal cardiovascular disease. So uh, stay away from sugar as much as possible, and instead eat more whole grains. The average American eats one serving of whole grains daily, and that may be just a single morning slice of toast. But if you can eat three or more servings, and you might be able to cut your overall death rate by about 20%. So perhaps have some oatmeal or brown rice, or, you know, get adventurous and eat a, a quinoa or barley or farro. I mean, and quinoa is very easy to prepare, and it really is delicious. Also, eat some spice. You know, we were just talking with... Um, with uh, 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 Marie Du, I'm blanking on her name already, uh, Marie Du, who is from India, and I'm sure that she eats lots of great curries and spices. So spice it up and eat some hot chili peppers, some curries, because in the dietary habits of more than 16,000 men and women over 23 years, those who reported eating hot peppers reduced their risk of dying by 13%. 
And if you're not a fan of peppers, even a little spice can have some health benefits. That is because the body produces endorphins to reduce the heat from the the capsaicin in the peppers, and those endorphins reduce pain and inflammation. Drink whole milk. You've been told forever to drink low-fat, skim milk, non-fat, but the reality is go for um, for a whole milk. Uh, the most dairy fat had 50% lower risk of developing diabetes and disease, and you know that could shorten your life by eight to ten years. So. Be careful there. Now, water. We have to drink lots of water. Staying adequately hydrated and is really, really important. If your urine is a, you know, dark yellow, you need more water. It should be like straw, and it might even help you lose weight. Researchers at the University of Illinois found that those who sipped more water ended up eating 68 to 205 fewer calories a day. So, yay to the H2O. Now, be food safe. Many people die from food poisoning annually. About 3,000 Americans, according to the Centers for Disease Control. So, evenly, seemingly healthy foods like sprouts, cantaloupe, berries, raw tuna, they can make you sick or kill you. So, have an action plan. Keep your kitchen pristine clean. Wash your hands. Wash your utensils. Wash your vegetables. And wash everything after handling food and separate raw and cooked foods. Make sure to refrigerate perishable, perishable food promptly and always cook food to a safe temperature to kill any deadly bacteria. Another thing is to eat less. You know, there's an interesting thing of in Okinawa where in Okinawa is a place where the oldest uh, people in the world uh, are living past. There's more um, centenarians there than any place else in the world. And what they do is they stop eating when they're 80% full. That was something that Buddha had always said. So a National Institute of Health study uh, found that cutting back calories reduced your blood pressure, your cholesterol, and your insulin resilience. Eat your vegetables. Most of uh, people that are in their, you know, 30s to 50s, um, they were not eating enough vegetables. Now, vegetarians were 12% less likely than carnivores to have died from any cause during a six-year study period of 73,000 Adults. Now that was interesting. So those who eat fish occasionally, and um, and uh, vegetarians, so pescatarians and vegetarians seem to serve to do the best. Eat like the Greeks. Now, you know the Mediterranean diet. You've heard about that for a long time. It's a, has a reliance on fruits, vegetables, olive oil, fish, nuts. It's one of the healthiest diets for both overall health and longevity. Harvard researchers found that those who followed the diet most closely had longer telomeres, which cap the end of each strand of DNA, and that protects the chromosomes from damage. So even if you only sporadically follow the Mediterranean diet, that's a good thing. So consider doing that. Uh, I, I drink less, you know, we have to drink in moderation. That is always the key. There are studies out there that say a one or two glasses of red wine a day can really help you. You have to really decide what it is that you want to do and what is good for you. 
Find your purpose. If you wake up looking forward to something, this is a really good thing for longevity. In fact, doing something that matters, whether it's helping your children or, you know, getting involved in the community, volunteering with a charity, or sitting down to write a blog or to write your next book. Find something that makes you happy. People who have faith in something, including religious services, they seem to be able to add 4 to 14 years of life expectancy. If you don't belong to a church, you can ask a friend at uh, their services or you can drop into a near nearby house of worship or just go out into nature and let nature be your cathedral. Vacation or else, this is really critical. Not taking time off work might actually be deadly. A study of men at high risk for coronary artery disease found that those who failed to take annual vacations were 32% more likely to die of a heart attack. And in the long-running Framingham Heart Study, which you probably heard of, women who vacation just once every six years were eight times more likely to develop coronary artery disease or have a heart attack than women who vacation twice a year. So isn't that a great way just to say, hey, Let's uh, vacation more. Another important thing for longevity is get a four-legged friend. There are so many studies that show pet ownership and health that have a very mutual correlated uh, relationship. It reduces anxiety. It lowers blood pressure. It even improves the odds of surviving a heart attack. So, And also get social. Loneliness increases your risk of early death by 45%. It weakens the immune system. It raises blood pressure while increasing the risk of a heart attack. But by, uh, by contrast, people who have strong ties to friends and family, they tend to live longer and they live happier. Take the stairs when you can. And walk as much as possible, which, you know, walk, 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 anytime is better. And that is really important. And, you know, um, also read books. When you learn something new every day, I try to learn something new, whether it's a new word or, or um, if you're learning a puzzle or working on a language, it's absolutely critical that we make our lives part of a rolling university. So live long, live happy, and find ways to be the best you. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know what people think of you when you meet them for the first time? Well, 80% of people find that first impression has nothing to do with the words you speak. 50% of impression is through your body language and personal appearance. 30% is the tonality of your voice and the energy you project. Therefore, only 20% is dependent on your words. In other words, to make a great first impression, practice boosting your level of energy and enthusiasm while transforming your body language to project confidence and interest in the other person. As you interact with another person, watch his or her body language and tailor your conversation to reflect that. We only have one shot at a first impression, and that imprint may be the difference between success or rejection. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com 
or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-7827 to book your coaching today. Looking for unique one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501 501- C3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Do you have an understanding of the broader perspectives of personal cybersecurity? I'm Cynthia Bryan, and in this segment of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we're going to talk about the safe path to cybersecurity and how it is paved with knowledge and fortified by balanced perspective. Now, in a mindset well-suited to that of uh, many people, the mission of uh, communities is a neutral forum, and they want human rights, health, technology, government, and more to be professional, and we want to be safe. But what happens with cybersecurity? We're not going to get a better deal with things like personal security unless people actually get out and vote for it. And this is what civic engagement um, expresses through political activism. So, therefore, we have to do some deep thinking and some understanding of how countries and governments approach cybersecurity. In the United States, cyberspace is viewed by government as a domain like air or water, where we have to duke it out with other actors. Now, this framing of cybersecurity as a national defense issue means that countries like North Korea that may have less military firepower, you know, missiles, bombs, ships, um, airplanes, they might have bigger and faster and cheaper and more well-produced software and malware that is highly threatening. So their cyber uh, warfare is much more severe than what we have here. The U.S. perspective results in laws and policies that protect national security over personal privacy. Homeland security, government intelligence gathering, and shielding the U.S. during conflicts with other countries usually outweighs protecting citizens and businesses from hackers and malware. The NSA, which is the National Security Agency, is less interested in personal encryption programs or protections because they want to be able to access that data, too. Now, in Japan, threats to cybersecurity are perceived as coming from outside hackers and criminals. So the government believes citizens need encouragement to protect themselves from direct attacks. 
The dominant viewpoint results in government-sponsored ads, like a comic book-style scenario that has a young man about to kiss a woman declare pseudo-romantically, oh, such a weak password doesn't suit you. So classes, I thought that was pretty funny. Classes in school teach young people how to create safe passwords, use patches, update protection software, or have operating systems swept clean of malware. The European Union's 28-member state, they emphasize personal privacy, as does Japan, but they also highlight control. Now, the primary concern for Europeans is ownership of personal data. You know, of course, they worry about Facebook and Google, and I think we all probably need to, not just because of hackers, but because of the way the data can be used by the company. There was a case involving Google, uh, a 12-year-old newspaper report about a company in, in Spain that had been in financial trouble was picked up by Google and put online. Suddenly, the archival information meant people viewing the owner's profile started to react to his at one time as being in financial trouble. Now, Google's argument was that it was public information, but the Europeans didn't agree and said it fell under their right-to-be-forgotten rules. They said it was causing the man a lot of danger, and that makes a lot of sense. So the government there now has stronger laws that guarantee protection, including rules that any information people delete from their data files cannot be stored elsewhere on Internet providers. And I only wish that were true for for us here in the United States. Now, so what are some questions that may come up? Well, jumping well past safe words and safe passwords, hackers and phishing tactics. People asked about Russia's involvement into 2016 election. That has been a really big thing on all the news, both fake news and real news, as you know. China's highly censored internet and Facebook crisis and cover-up involving data science firm Cage, uh, Cambridge Analytica, where they obtained 50 million Facebook, uh, Facebook users' data. This was... Um, really a bad thing, but there wasn't evidence that Russia altered U.S. citizens' votes, but it was clear that the voters were targeted with massive misinformation, which we call that fake news. So asked if the government is likely to take specific action to prevent future problems, we have to think there's a lot of talking about it, but there hasn't been any action. So the problem with the United States is that we can't do it without, you know, cracking down on countries and to a certain extent on our free speech rights. So it's a very interesting topic. Now, in China, the government that controls a tight interlocked Internet ecosystem is primarily concerned with their citizens' online activities. They're not that concerned with outside actors. Um, Facebook doesn't have any incentive to make changes as long as they're making money. And no one was thinking about security when the Internet and social media platforms were created. So, you know, like Facebook, um, Zuckerberg was just trying to create something cool. So there is a clear question, and this is a subject ripe for more discussion, is how much freedom are Americans willing to sacrifice to turn over to the government uh, all of our information so that we can have greater cybersecurity. So 
that's a big question that I think we all are grappling with at the moment. If you'd like to learn more information, you could go to worldaffairs.org and you can learn a lot more about cybersecurity and how you might be able to protect yourself. And there's just some uh, this final thing that I want to leave you with today that I loved. I was reading this uh, 45 Lessons Taught Me. It was written by Regina Brett, who is a columnist, and she wrote this to celebrate growing older. And it was interesting because it's the most requested column she ever wrote. So this is uh, her information, but I thought it was great. Life isn't fair, but it's still good. When in doubt, just take the next small step. Life is too short to waste time hating anyone. Your job won't take care of you when you're sick, but your friends and parents will. So stay in touch. Pay off your credit cards every month. You don't have to win every argument, but agree to disagree. Cry with someone. It's more healing than crying alone. It's okay to get angry. Save for retirement, starting with your first paycheck. And when it comes to chocolate, resistance is futile. Make peace with your past so it won't screw up the, pe- the present. It's okay to let your children see you be upset or cry. Don't compare your life to others. You have no idea what their journey is all about. If a relationship has to be a secret, you shouldn't be in it. Everything can change in the blink of an eye. Take a deep breath. It calms the mind. Get rid of anything that isn't useful, beautiful, or joyful. Whatever doesn't kill you, you really don't need. (laughs) It's never too late to have a happy childhood, but the second one is up to you and to no one else. When it comes to going after what you love in life, don't take no for an answer. Burn the candles, use the nice sheets, wear the fancy lingerie. Don't save it for that special day. Do it today because every day is special. Over-prepare and then go with the flow. Be eccentric now. Don't wait for old age to wear purple. No one is in charge of your happiness but you. The most important sex object is your brain. Frame every so-called disaster with these words. In five years, will this matter? Always choose life. Forgive everyone everything. What other people think of you is none of your business. Time heals. Good or a bad situation, it'll change. Don't take yourself too seriously because nobody else is. Believe in miracles. Show up and make the most of life now. Your children get only one childhood. All that truly matters in the end is that you love and are loved. Go outside every day. If we threw all our problems in a pile and saw everyone else's, we would grab ours back. Envy is a waste of time. You already have all you need. The best is yet to come. And no matter how you feel, get up, dress up, and show up. Life isn't tied with a bow, but it's still pretty great. And life is a gift. So I really do hope that you um, enjoyed that. I know I really did, and I'm going to be passing those words of wisdom on because, you know, we do take ourselves very, very much too seriously. So we need to learn to laugh more. Now, I'd love you to pick up a copy of my book, My newest book is Growing with the Goddess Gardener. It's book one in a series of nine. It's available at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash online uh, slash, not slash, online dash 
books. Or you can just do, just go to CynthiaBryan.com and click on books. That's the easiest way. You'll find all of my books there. And the new book, the third book in the Be the Star You Are series, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, will be coming out probably later this summer because it is now in its final draft. So we're quite excited about that. Well, I thank you all for being such great listeners and allowing me to have a conversation right here with you every week on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Make sure you are always tuned in from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. You'll have personal growth success coaching and you'll get expert advice from experts from around the globe and especially from writers and authors authors and artists you can make this life your best life it's your only life so just do it for more information about the charity and we hope you'll make a donation go to be the star you just click on donate for information to book a consultation or a coaching with me cynthia bryan visit cynthiabryan.com my aim is always to encourage inspire inform amuse and motivate See beyond your physical being, know you're already a star, and cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate every moment of your life, and read a book this week, because a book is like a garden in your pocket, and if you want to write, I really suggest shut up and write, read that book, and then if you love gardening, pick up. Growing with the Goddess Gardener. Well, thank you to A-Rod, my engineer for this show. He always does a great job. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy, and it will keep other people happy. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Have a marvelous week. Dream create, inspire, make a difference, and be here next week from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Network Empowerment Channel for Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time right here on the voice america empowerment channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are